The following audio has been brought to you by Word of Grace Community Church. For more information about Word of Grace, visit wogcc.com. Well, happy Mother's Day to all of our mothers. Can we give them one more hand this morning? If you're here visiting today, I just want to introduce myself. My name is Derek Armstrong. I'm the lead pastor here. And if you are here visiting family on Mother's Day, I want to wish you a happy Mother's Day. I hope you like your pastor extra crispy today because I was out in the sun. And uh, I'm a little extra crispy today because uh, I'm a ginger and I don't tan. I just get extra crispy. And my son and I just got back from a three-day motorcycle ride where in three days we covered roughly about 1,300 miles or so. And uh, we had a lot of fun on our trip. And I just got a new headset system for my motorcycle where we could communicate with each other. And when we were uh, on the road, one of the benefits is not only just being able to talk to one another with your helmets on, but you can actually listen to music on your motorcycle because the speakers on the bike are pretty much irrelevant after you get above like 60, 65, and it just kind of washes out. You can't understand anything that's being played on the speakers. But with these, with these headphones um, built into the, the helmet, you could. And and so I was really excited about that. And we listened to a lot of music as we covered a lot of the ground. And man, we would run through radio station after radio station. And it didn't matter what flavor of music we were listening to. When the commercials came on, they were all the same. They said something like this. Don't know what to get your mother for Mother's Day. Don't know what to get mom? Still wondering what to get mom for Mother's Day. And they were trying to sell you some type of flower or jewelry or something that you would buy to give mom for Mother's Day. So apparently we all knew Mother's Day was coming but nobody knows what to get mom. And that was what I got from listening to that over and over and over again as we were riding bikes together. So nobody knows what to do. So I want to help you out. I want to give you five things today that you can give to mom on Mother's Day. But this message really applies to all women. It applies to the women that we have relationship with, whether that be your mom, whether that be your wife, whether that be your daughter. And it's just good general uh, advice and help and guidance for relationships as we begin to cultivate and develop those relationships. So to help you to maybe know a little bit more about what to give mom on Mother's Day as well as every day, I want us to really focus on these five things today. So let's get into it today. Let's learn how to be a blessing to the women that God has given us in our lives today. The first thing is to give her affirmation. We want to be giving affirmation. Men, our moms, our wives, our kids, we seek affirmation, and it's a powerful, powerful thing. If we assume that our love and our affection and our care for someone is being communicated, but we don't know that it's being communicated, the odds are is that we're probably wrong if we just assume that. So many people just assume, oh, they just know I love them. They know I care. They know I'm there for them. They, they know that, you know I, I, that they mean a lot to me. And we assume this instead of communicate it. We have to regularly communicate our words. We have to regularly communicate our feelings. We have to regularly communicate through our deeds, through our actions, because we want to build security in the relationships that God has given us. Psalm 19 and 14 says this, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. And I want to talk to you a little bit today, not just about these five things that you can do to continue to cultivate healthy relationship, but maybe to restore and repair hurtful relationship. 
Because I think that a lot of us, when we hear Mother's Day, we're either in one camp or the other. It's really an exciting day or it's kind of an upsetting day. And some people, maybe you didn't have the greatest mother. And so if you hear a great Mother's Day message, you're kind of turned off by that. Maybe some people aren't really excited to hear about how great moms are because let's just face the facts. Maybe your mom wasn't that great. Maybe she was absent. Maybe she was abusive. Maybe there's a rift or there's a wedge in your relationship with your mother, and your mother may still be alive, or she may be passed away, or you may just not have communication with her, and there may be some things there. Let me tell you this. I believe that today, through this Mother's Day message, you could find freedom, that you could find healing, that you could find forgiveness, that you could maybe even find restoration as well. So don't turn me off just if Mother's Day is not maybe the happiest time for you. So here's the thing. When we talk about affirmation, we're talking about speaking things that are positive over the people that we should be caring about the most, speaking positive things. Here's the litmus test to whether or not you know if you have healthy relationship with the women in your life, especially your mother. Can you say that you love her? Can you say something kind about her? I remember my pastor telling this story in the church that I grew up in, uh, that his, uh, his mom grew up with this group of folks where there was this one guy that was pretty rotten. He was not very likable, and not a lot of people had anything nice to say about him. He was just a pretty r rotten guy. He ended up passing away, and at his funeral, the person who was officiating said, does anyone have anything they'd like to say about this individual that passed away? Nobody wanted to say anything because people had only bad things to say about him. Well, this, my pastor's mother stood up and said, well, he sure could whistle good. And I always thought about that. As, as small as that is and as maybe insignificant as that is, she wanted to say something positive about someone that there was a lot of negativity attached to the way that he chose to live his life. I want to say something positive about my mother. I want to say something positive about people in my life instead of just allowing this toxic negativity and all this junk to just be the only thing that I say about people in my life, especially those people closest to me. So maybe you didn't have a great experience growing up. Maybe you're still harboring some things there. Look for something positive to say. Look for, look for something affirming to say instead of speaking negativity because guess what? It doesn't give you some sort of advantage over the other person. We just talked about this through our offense series. It doesn't give you some sort of advantage to hold on to the hurt of the past. As a matter of fact, it's only poisoning you and it's only toxic in your own life. And I hope that today you can find freedom and you can find peace. Go over to Luke chapter 6 since we're on this and let's Look at what Jesus said regarding how we're supposed to deal with people who perhaps don't treat us the way that we want to be treated. In Luke chapter 6, let's look at verse 27. Jesus said this, But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. To one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. From one who takes away from you your cloak, don't withhold your tunic. Give to everyone who begs from you, and from one who takes away your goods, don't demand them back. And as you wish that others would do to you, do to them. If you love those who love you, then what benefit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good only to those who do good to you, then what benefit is that to you? Even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? But love your enemies, do good, and lend, expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great, 
and you will be sons of the Most High, for He is kind to the ungrateful and evil. Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. So if you're dealing with that today, I just want to encourage you, speak positivity. Look for something. Just like that lady at the funeral, she said, hey, this guy could whistle good. What was something positive in that experience that could maybe help begin to break away the hardness that has been harboring in your heart for years that God wants you to be free from? God wants you to grow. God wants us to be free, and God wants us to, if possible, have reconciliation in relationship at whatever level. So give mom affirmation, whether she was a great mom or maybe whether she wasn't the greatest. Let her know that you care about her. Let her know that you, are, uh, that, that, that you care about her as a person, not just what she's done for you, but for just who she is, that you can affirm her not just today, not just on Mother's Day, but as often as you can. Maybe if your mother isn't around and you need to speak words of affirmation, write it down. Maybe it would be something very cleansing and healing that you could do on this day that would be very significant and would be very important for you to take that step to find healing and reconciliation so that way Mother's Day doesn't become a dread for you. Mother's Day doesn't become a negative thing for you, but rather it can become something that you can begin to embrace what God is doing in your heart and you can find the freedom and healing and forgiveness that God wants to bring you. So I would encourage you to do that. But for those of you who had great moms growing up like myself, give her affirmation. Speak positive things over her. Do positive things that would continue to build that security in the relationship. Because really, guys, what women really want is they want us to help to give them a sense of security, a sense of knowing that things are taken care of, a sense of knowing that they are the only ones that, that we truly are interested in, whether that be our wives, our daughters, our mothers. They want to know that they, have, that, that they have our heart, that we care about them, and we need to affirm that, not assume that. And when we assume it, the longer we assume it, the bigger that the gap becomes in our relationship. Because here we are assuming that everything is fine, and yet we don't see the drifting that's happened. And often something happens that causes crisis mode to awaken us, whether that be a sickness or a diagnosis or an injury or an accident or something tragic happening that wakes us up to realize just how long we've been assuming and just how wide the gap is. And then all, the time, all of a sudden we try to repair and we try to reconcile and we try to fix because now we're in crisis mode. Folks, that shouldn't be how we live our lives. Amen, somebody? We need to constantly be giving affirmation. It's biblical. It's godly. It should come from the abundance of our heart because Jesus said that's where our mouth was going to speak was whatever we put in our heart the most. So if we allow him to work love and forgiveness in our heart, if we allow him to help us see the treasure that women are in our lives, then we can speak those things and give that affirmation. It's so important. Don't assume. Speak it. Second thing is give her affection. So the first one, give affirmation. The second is give her affection. Don't assume a card once a year will do it. Okay, I was looking for an amen or two from a mom maybe. But here's the thing, not just a card once a year to help you to maybe feel better, ease your conscience about the fact that you've been busy because we're all busy and I get it. But we need to give her affection. Women need affection. It helps to, again, build and reaffirm that security within them. I did actually a lot of looking up, researching, trying to find something good to share with you, but there's just too much science to go with it, and I would have to take a whole sermon just to talk about it. But the value of human touch, 
Maybe you're not a touchy person. Maybe you didn't grow up in a home that was touchy-feely, all right? And maybe that's a stretch or a struggle for you. You need to break past those limitations and begin to give physical affection to your mom, your wife, your daughter. You need to let them feel that touch because there is a powerful thing that happens when we touch one another and embrace one another. When we put our arm around someone, when we hold someone's hand, when we just sit with them and just, and just rub their back and let them know we care about them, whatever the case may be, don't underestimate the power of physical touch. God made us this way. God made us this way, that there are things that actually happen in our brains and in our body that actually helps us to actually be healthier and live longer when we, in, when, when we embrace one another, when we touch one another. So give mom a hug, and if your mom's not around, find somebody else's mom and hug her and tell her Happy Mother's Day. I guarantee you, you won't find many moms that wouldn't appreciate a good hug from somebody and a Happy Mother's Day. And if you don't like that, then it's my fault. <laughs> and you need to get over not wanting to be hugged by someone that would care about you. So there you go. We say stuff like this, though. We say, oh, she knows I love her. She knows I love her. Does she? Have you communicated that through words of affirmation and through affection? Or are you assuming that? You see, sometimes we think we have strong relationships with people. Sometimes we think that people know we care, and sometimes we think our marriage is going to be fine. We think our relationship with our daughter is going to be fine. We think our relationship with our mom is okay, and we feel okay about these relationships, and, or we just think that maybe at some point everything will work itself out. And then one day we wake up and we realize that so many things have happened in our life, but yet we're not where we thought we would be. I remember when I first got married, that before I got married, I had this idea of what marriage would be like. And I thought, this is what it's going to feel like to be married to someone. And I kind of had this whole idea concocted in my brain. And then when I got married, some of those things were true, but the majority weren't true. Some things for the better and some things for the worse. That's kind of why that's in the vow. I didn't expect this part, and that was good, but I didn't expect that part, and that was kind of bad. I wasn't, that wasn't in my preconceived idea that I had come up with. And then I remember imagining what it was going to be like to have kids. Oh, man, I, I wonder what it's going to be like to have a kid. And I would think about what it would be like to have a kid and be a dad. And then when we had kids, it was a completely different experience. Even when we had kids at different times, I thought I had already figured it out. And then whenever two more come along and you're just like, whoa, I didn't have this figured out. And it just kind of threw you for a loop how different the experiences were from what I would have assumed or expected. And I found that in so many senses, even career-wise, when I was a youth pastor, I wondered what would it be like to be a senior pastor. And when I experienced it, it was so different when I actually became a senior pastor in my mind than what I thought it would be. And sometimes we just think we're going to be okay in our relationship with our wife. We're going to be okay in our relationship with our spouse. We're going to be okay in our relationship with our kids. But listen, folks, healthy marriages, healthy relationships with your children, and healthy relationships with your parents don't just happen. They're intentional. Amen, somebody. They don't just come along. It's not one day you wake up and all of a sudden you and your wife are in love again and your kids can't wait to just sit in your lap and hug you and tell you how much they love you and your mom's just telling you how great you are and how proud she is of you and everything's wonderful. One day you don't just wake up and all that stuff happens. This comes through intentional investment of affirmation, 
of affection, of making sure that you are there, making sure you are present, not assuming that one day you'll get around to it. That's why the third thing is we need to give her acknowledgement. We need to acknowledge who she is and the contribution and the investment that she has made in our lives. If your mother didn't do anything else for you other than birth you into this world, then she has done quite a bit. I thought I'd get some amens from the ladies in this room. You guys must be sleeping or, 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 or thinking about the pot roast or something that you got cooking. You see, Jesus acknowledged his mom. He acknowledged his mother. He affirmed his love for her and affirmed who she was on the cross. He gave her value. Check this out over in John chapter 19. John 19 and verse 26. Here's Jesus hanging on the cross in verse 26 says, when Jesus saw his mother and the disciple who he loved, that was John, the disciple, standing nearby, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. And then he said to the disciple, behold your mother. And from, and from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. Jesus spoke seven times while he was on the cross. Could you imagine how difficult it would have been for Jesus to speak? Here he is hanging on the cross after being beaten after being stabbed, after being uh, just tortured, humiliated, beaten beyond recognition and gasping for every breath, hanging on the cross. And he spoke seven times that we have record of. One of those times was a prayer to God, asking him to forgive his enemies. The second thing that Jesus said was a word promising a dying thief that he would be in paradise with him when he died. And the third thing that he said was a word to his mother, and to John, the beloved disciple. To his mother, he says, behold your son. And to John, he says, behold your mother. Let's just, let's just look at this for a second. Just think about this scene. As three crosses are up on Calvary's hill, the Son of God is hanging on the central cross. The mob is jeering. The soldiers are gambling over Jesus' clothes. The religious leaders are celebrating the fact that this heretic is now being crucified, and Jesus looks down, and he sees his mother standing near the cross, most likely weeping, and he looks at John, and he says, take care of her. She's going to be your mom, and this is your son. He discharged his duties to a man of God. He wasn't willing to die and leave anything undone. Apparently at this time, her husband Joseph must have been out of the picture or died or whatever happened. We don't know historically, but Jesus is setting a strong example here because God gave us the Ten Commandments. He gave us instructions of how we should feel towards our parents. In Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12, he says, to honor your father and your mother that your days may be long on the earth. I remember my mom telling me that growing up. She said, you need to obey me if you want to live long. So... But here, in Paul also gave the same admonition in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 and 2, where he says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. And he says, this is the first commandment with a promise. Even in the darkest hour of Jesus' life, he stopped long enough to do the right thing concerning his mother. Even when he was on the cross, bearing the weight of your sin and my sin, he took time to make sure that his mother was taken care of. He acknowledged who she was. Think about this, the Son of God caring about His earthly mother, the creator of the universe in flesh, caring about His earthly mother and being attached to her and loving her and wanting us to see that even in death, He wanted to make sure she was taken care of.
So we need to acknowledge mom for what she's done and for who she is. We need to think of ways, even in her own attempts that maybe weren't Pinterest perfect, that we can still acknowledge the fact that she's putting forth effort. And that becomes easier the older that you get, doesn't it? It becomes easier to acknowledge the effort that our mothers put into raising us when we get older and have kids of our own. We look back and we go, oh, wow, this is a struggle. And then mom says something like, yeah, let me tell you, you weren't much easier. Or you're paying for your raising. You heard of that? Maybe you've said that, you know, I'm paying for my raising. Paying for the, maybe some of the, the gray hair that we gave mom. And we begin to realize, wow, this wasn't an easy thing. This wasn't a walk in the park. This was something that was a challenge. It required a lot of sacrifice. Required a lot of intentionality. I know that my mom required a great deal of intentionality on, in, uh, of her because she had to decide what things we were going to be exposed to and what things we were going to be kept away from. And she managed that in our home throughout the day, especially as we got older. And she began to lead us and guide us and, and kind of create the kind of atmosphere in the home that would nurture and, and, and would cultivate children that would grow into adults that would love God. There were a lot of sacrifices that were made. There were a lot of intentional decisions that were made. It wasn't just, oh, I'll take them to church and hope they turn out to be good kids. There was a lot of intentionality. And to acknowledge that intentionality and to recognize some of those sacrifices is huge. And when I think back to the the way I was raised, my dad had to leave for a season of a little over four years to go off and, and work. And during that four years, I saw him just a handful of times. And mom basically raised me from 13 till about 17 by herself. And we were homeschooled during that period as well. And so mom took on the challenge of homeschooling us. Mom took on the challenge of raising a, a teenager and a young girl, my sister, that was uh, about to become a teenager. And she did that with her husband being, you know, hundreds and hundreds of miles away trying to provide for his family. And we never missed church. We were there for Sunday school. We were there Sunday morning, Sunday night. We were there for Wednesday night service. We had midweek. We also had Tuesday night prayer we were there for. And then when we started homeschooling, we were at prayer every Monday morning also, and our church was 30 miles from our house. And mom made sure that was important. I, I remember going into the bathroom at our house and trying to look in the mirror to comb my hair. Yes, I did have hair <laughs> before children. And I would go into the bathroom to comb my hair, and I would have to look to find a place to actually see my reflection in the mirror because the mirror was covered with sticky notes of scriptures or covered with index cards that mom had wrote scripture on. I remember when I got a job at 15 years old at a grocery store. I couldn't drive, but I could walk to work. And I would walk to work carrying my lunchbox with me. And when I would get to work and finally get on a break, I'd open up my lunchbox and there would be a card from mom with a scripture on it or some kind of affirming thing that she felt that God wanted to share with me that day to encourage me. And she did that stuff regularly and intentionally. And I acknowledge her for that. There, that, was, that was a lot of thoughtfulness that was put in that, a lot of sacrifice that was put into a lot of that to begin to cultivate an environment where we would be kids that would be raised up in a, a God-fearing home. And I'm really, just really glad and, and excited to be able to say that uh, even though they've had their bumps and their bruises, that my whole family is serving the Lord to this day, even though mom and dad ended up going through a rough patch and, 
getting divorced, even though my sister had her ups and downs in life, uh, they're all serving God with a passion today. And I believe that was a great deal with mom really making sure that we had that type of environment in our house because that stuff was put in us. Whether we realized it was right or not, we realize it now and we're grateful for it. The fourth thing is we need to give mom attention. We don't just need to just stop with words of affirmation or affection or acknowledgement, but we need to give her attention too. That means beyond Mother's Day. And I think attention is a huge key to giving the best gift because we're so selfish and just running around that we get so busy that we say, oh, I'll, I'll give mom attention or I'll give the women in my life attention when things settle down or when I have some extra time. But right now I'm really busy. I'm really stretched thin. And we make all these excuses to why we can't give attention. Proverbs 18 and 1 says this, he who separates himself seeks his own desire. He quarrels against all sound uh, wisdom. So you're actually arguing with sound wisdom when you separate yourself. When you decide that you're going to just go do your own thing, and then when everything works out your way, then you'll start giving attention to the people in your life that matters most, that's a big mistake. It says you're actually quarreling and arguing with sound wisdom. That's what Scripture says. We have to slow down, and we have to invest in the most important relationships in our lives. I get real busy as a pastor, and I can tell when I'm getting busy and I've been neglecting the relationship with my mom because I'll get a text message, and it'll normally just be like a heart. That means call me. You haven't talked to me in a while. That's what that means. That doesn't really mean I want to send you a heart. Or she'll comment on a Facebook thing that says, oh, looks like you guys are having fun, which means I've been watching your life instead of talking to you about your life. You really need to call me and give me attention. That's what that actually means, you know, if you can interpret mom. So, so many times we get so busy and we make excuses. Maybe there's some bitterness there. Maybe there's something we're harboring that's keeping us distant. The longer we do that, the more hurtful and toxic that's going to be to us. And then we're going to have a wider gap in the relationship. And we need to make sure that we invest when it's convenient and when it's not because we're intentional about it. The more we don't invest or we only have good intentions of investing, then one day we're going to realize that we're far apart. And it just happens. It kind of drifts. And, 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 and it's never something that we mean to happen. It's just we have this idea of how it's supposed to be. And we keep drifting and waiting for it to just fall on us or for it to just arrive. And, and it doesn't. And then we just get more and more distance from our kids. We get more and more distant from our spouse. We get more and more distant from our family, our mothers, our, our fathers, our friends, whatever the case may be. Listen, these good things don't just happen. You've got to be intentional. You've got to take steps. You can't just look at someone and feel like their life just worked out because they just must have got lucky and you were dealt a bad hand. That's a pitiful way to live. And you need to stop making excuses for why those things aren't going right in your life. And you need to start doing something intentionally to put yourself on a path to where you can have the things that you believe God wants you to have. God wants you to have healthy family relationships. God wants you to have healthy marriages. God wants you to have healthy relationship with your kid. Those things don't just happen because you attend church or you drop your kids off at a Christian school. Amen, somebody. Those things happen because we're intentional in investing in the lives of those that matter most around us. 
And mom is definitely no exception to that rule. So we need to give her attention. And the last thing is we need to give her appreciation. Proverbs 31 and verse 28 says, Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also praises her. He says, Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. That we're speaking those positive things and we're rising up and we're calling her blessed, that we're appreciating her both with our words and with our actions, that we're making sure that she feels that. And we don't assume that she feels appreciated. Maybe even you stop what you're doing and you ask, Mom, am I doing a good job of making you feel appreciated? Because if I'm not, tell me, because I want you to know how much I appreciate you. Mom, I I, want to give you words of affirmation. I want to tell you how much I love you. I want to acknowledge you. I want to make sure that I'm giving you the affection that you need to, to make sure that we stay close and we don't drift apart and the attention that you require so you can have security that my heart truly does belong to you, that I do care about you, not just for what you've done, but just for who you are and the gift that God has put in my life by having you as a mom. I don't think that there's any diamond earrings or, or any homemade cards or any dinner or brunches or whatever that could make up for that type of daily intentional care that you would have for your mom. Even if your mom's not around, I think that there's still things that you could do to begin to cultivate a soft heart, to make sure that your heart stays soft before God, and to make sure that you're allowing healing to happen in your life, regardless of whether your mom is still with us or not. I think God wants to do something special this Mother's Day. And as I was thinking about this message and preparing, I just didn't want to just preach a typical Mother's Day message, even though there's a lot of maybe kind of typical elements in the message. I wanted today to be an important day for you, an important step for you, for each one of us, that we make a decision that we're going to begin to intentionally live, that we're going to be intentional with our appreciation with our words of affirmation with our time and attention with acknowledging people in our lives and the greater degree that we live with intentionality the more that our lives are going to glorify God because we're going to begin to love as Jesus loved we're going to begin to forgive as Jesus forgave we're going to begin to reconcile as God has reconciled us through Christ we're going to begin to see marriages restored relationships with children restored relationships with parents restored We're going to begin to see old battle scars and wounds that every time their name is mentioned, that it's kind of like reopening a wound and a hurt. We're going to see those things begin to be healed and people set free from bondage that the enemy would love to just keep you bound. I want that to happen this Mother's Day. I want this to be a turning point for us as individuals, collectively as a church, for you as a family, to where today would be a day where something goes off in you where maybe it's time to have a conversation with mom or maybe mother-in-law. If you're sitting with your mother-in-law, things might have just got a little awkward, but still nonetheless, maybe today is that day. Maybe today is a great day of intentionality for you to begin to appreciate your children more or invest in them more or begin to appreciate your spouse more and invest in them more. And it's always in the little things. It's not just on the special holidays where we go all out and we do something big. It's the consistent, intentional, daily living, making sure that I'm giving people the affirmation, the affection, the attention, the appreciation, the acknowledgement 
that they need so they can be secure in that relationship so they can know they're loved and I'm loving them as God loved me. I'm forgiving them as God forgave me. I'm reconciling with them as I was reconciled to Christ. I'm letting them know that they're special. I'm letting them know that I care about them. Thanks for listening to this sermon from Word of Grace. For more sermons or any other information, visit wogcc.com.